Support for this podcast is made possible by you. Visit www.allgirlsconsidered.org slash donate to help us build a world of endless possibilities for girls. Welcome to All Girls Considered. Today at Rouse High School, we are going to be interviewing Helga Moro. Thank you for being here. We Thank you for inviting me. You have a widespread age of siblings, and we know that you were orphaned at a very young age. Would you tell us what it was like growing up with that type of family dynamic? My mother's sister, my aunt, raised me, and she had a daughter who was quite a bit older than me, too. So I just played with friends. I really didn't play with siblings, just friends. You were born in Hanover, Germany. So how did you come to live in East Germany? Because my parents died, and my aunt lived in East Germany, in Bajorhoda. You lived in Germany from 1936 to 1949. What was your life like growing up in Germany? What I remember is we didn't have television or phones, or I don't think we even had electricity at times, because I remember my aunt lighting a lantern, in our kitchen, and um, we had a group of friends in the neighborhood, and we did a lot of things together. We didn't have fancy toys. <laughs> I played with what we could get, and we did we did a lot of things we probably shouldn't do that were dangerous, <laughs> but we did it anyway. <laughs> then my aunt was very, very loving, and I remember living in her house, and she had rabbits, and she raised guinea pigs. And so they became my friends, the guinea pigs. And I brought them in the house, and I took pillows and made little houses for the guinea pigs. (laughs) Do you still have contact with, like, any of your friends from your childhood? No. No? No. Do you have contact with any of your siblings? They're all dead. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. Except one brother. I don't know if he is dead or not. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what happened to him. Your brother, Nico, was drafted into the Nazi army. What was your reaction to this? Do you remember? I remember crying a lot, Mm -hmm. and my aunt was really upset. I was little then. Mm -hmm. I don't really remember, but I remember him coming home. And that was a wonderful time. And my other brother, Walter, he left Germany, and uh, I really don't know what happened to him. But he would come periodically, and that was also wonderful, you know, to have my brothers. When was the last time you got to see one of your brothers? Oh, my goodness. I came over here in 49, so... Well, then I went back to Germany twice, and I saw him probably around 89, and that's the last time I saw him, and he he was not alive when I went back the second time. Why did your family feel that you needed to leave Germany? Our little town, Blajerode, was overtaken by Russians. Living there was... Not good for young ladies, especially because of the abuse from the Russian soldiers. Mostly targeted at women and girls? Yes, young women. In fact, we sheltered a young woman who was terribly afraid of 
being raped. And my brother did not think that was a very safe environment. He and my aunt and uncle in Wisconsin, they got together and wanted to get me out of there. Mm -hmm. So they worked together, and my aunt and uncle lived in Sheboygan, Wisconsin at that time, and my uncle had contacts with government officials, and so a congressman and another I don't know what he was, a senator or something. The second person was in Paris at that time working on a Marshall Plan for that area after World War II. So arrangements were made, supposedly, where I would go to Paris and have finish up my paperwork, which had to be done in France because Germany, I could not meet the quota for immigrants from Germany after World War II, the quota was very low. We were not too popular in the United (laughs) States. (laughs) In Paris, there was a larger quota. I was able to get the papers to come here to the United States through Paris. And this was in Bordeaux, France, that I had to go to. So there were a lot of people, like, involved in trying to get you here. Yes. took a lot of work, but you made it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how did you have the courage to come to the United States? Because I would imagine it was scary to <laughs> go to this new country. It was, but um, at that age, you know, 13 years old, you know, this time period was like between 11 and 13. It took a couple of years for the paperwork to get done. Situations in, in Germany after the war in East Germany were not good. So I was kind of talked into it you know, about my family, that this is what I what I needed to do. And I really don't remember much about how I felt. But after I came to the United States and I lived with my aunt and uncle, I got very, very homesick. It was a pretty bad time. But I got over it, and here I am, and I'm so glad. I lived in East Germany. I had to go to West Germany in order to do all this. My brother lived in West Germany, so he would come across the border and visit us, and then he he took me with him. Was it, like, illegal to cross the border? Oh, yeah. Oh. You could get shot. But he risked that to come get you? Yeah, he came over, and he, he was actually engaged to a young lady in Blackwater that he married. But at that time, he was still single. He was a jeweler, and he made this ring for me, and I wear it every day, and that is a constant reminder. That's awesome that you just still have something. I I wear it all the time. Anyway, so he was in in West Germany in Hanover, Mm -hmm. living with a couple who were actually friends with my parents, and... My parents lived one story above them, so that's where he took me. So I came back to the building where I was born. Anyhow, getting across from East Germany to West Germany, we had to go walk a long way and go to this little town where where he knew some people, policemen, who knew when guards would be changed. They helped him get as a cause. In return, my brother had to take 
the policeman's mother. I don't, I don't think he did it at, at the same time he and I crossed because I don't remember her, but he took her, his mother across to, from East Germany to West Germany, the, the policeman's father. How old was your brother when he was crossing people over? Probably in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So after West Germany, then you went to France? Yes, after, mm-hmm. and I lived in West Germany and Hanover for a while. And then I stayed with my grandmother, which I met for the, which I remembered for the first time because I left when I was just a baby with three years old mm-hmm. and I had not seen her mm-hmm. all those years. I stayed with her and then with an aunt and uncle. They kind of farmed me out to different family mm-hmm. members. So, but I don't remember much about that time period, going to school or anything. When we got to West Germany, we took it, my brother and I took a train to Hanover. How did you get from France to the U.S.? By plane. With the, like, congressmen people? No, by myself. You traveled to the United States by yourself. How was that? Well, not as scary as it was when I arrived in France. He was supposed to meet me at the train station, and he was not there. And I came by myself. He never met you there? He did eventually. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a very nice man on the train who spoke German. And I told him that this person was supposed to meet me. I had his telephone number, so he called him. And the congressman came by taxi, which was a very scary experience. Have you ever ridden in a taxi in Paris? (laughs) If you think they're wild here, boy, you've seen nothing. (laughs) They are crazy. And so he took me to his apartment, and that was like a castle in Paris. I mean, it was just... So I stayed there overnight, and he had a chaperone lined up for me the next day. And she's the one that took me all over the place in Paris and Bordeaux and saw to it that I got on the plane. It was not not a jet. We had to land in Greenland, no, Iceland, to refuel. It was, you know, one of those older planes yeah, I've never had to stop to refuel. That's crazy. <laughs> what was your experience like after arriving in the United States? My aunt and uncle, fortunately, were there. <laughs> and we stayed with an aunt and uncle in New York, New York City. And my uncle took me, well, my aunt and uncle took me to, to the Capitol in Washington. And I got to see Congress in in session, and I don't remember that much about it. <laughs> Were you a legal, like, U.S. citizen at this point? No. I had a sponsor. My aunt and uncle were the sponsor. So I was legal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in 1954, after five years of living in the United States, I was very, very fortunate to get my citizenship papers, and that was the proudest moment of my life. I always wanted to be a true American, and I pledged my allegiance to the flag, and I meant it then, and I mean it now. It's a privilege to live in this country. 
it's a privilege. And anything that you work for, you can be proud of. Did you have a relationship still with your brothers once you came to the U.S., or was all contact, like, shut down? The only time I saw my brother Nico was the time I went back to Germany. What was it like going back after you had made it out? When did you go back? I think I went back in 1979. And at that time, the border was still closed. I could not go to East Germany. So I could not go back and see my aunt. It was too dangerous. So my brother told me he could not take me over there. Because if he did take you, he would not only have to cross you there, he'd also have to cross you back. Mm -hmm. So it was just way too risky. Yeah. Yeah. So I could not see my aunt again. She was like my mother to me, and I really wanted to do that. But I couldn't. Did you have any correspondence with her, like letters? Yes, yes, yes. How did you come to live in Texas? Oh, boy. (laughs) So I lived in Wisconsin, and I went to high school, and then I, I went to Milwaukee to the School of Nursing, and I met a man, a student from the University of Wisconsin at a dance, and we just, well... We hit it off, and he joined the Army in El Paso at White Sands Missile Range. He was stationed at White Sands Missile Range. So after That's boot camp, New Mexico, New Mexico, oh, yeah. yeah. And so he he proposed, and I accepted, and I left, and I traveled by bus from Milwaukee to El Paso, and that was a big mistake. I should have stayed in nursing. I would have had a career. So you just left your school and everything to follow him here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got married in the chapel at White Sands Missile Range, and I got a job at White Sands Missile Range. What did you do for them? I was administrative assistant for the colonel in logistics. But was your passion in nursing? Were you upset that you had left that? I have been very sorry that I left nursing. I should have stuck it out. It was a mistake to marry My first husband. So after your first marriage ended, how did you end up meeting your daughter's father? (laughs) I was working at White Sands, and then I decided, well, I really would like to become a flight attendant. I walked into the El Paso Continental Management Office, and I told a beautiful young lady who was sitting at the desk, I would really like to become a flight attendant. Could I fill out an application. I'm not thinking that it was more of a process than that. But lo and behold, they accepted me. I was stationed in Denver, and that's where I met my husband. When he and I married, (laughs) I could not remain a flight attendant any longer because at that time you could not be married. You could not, not have children. You could be divorced but you could not have incumbents. So in order to be a flight attendant, you had to just be you not be responsible for anything else? Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think all airlines back then did that. How did you learn English? Like, did you know it before you came here? No. So how uh, did you learn? <laughs> that first year when I came, I, my aunt and uncle hired a tutor who was very, very sweet to me. And... She she was very good, and she she taught me as much as she could. I was hard-headed, hard to 
pick up. So when I went to school, they placed me in the seventh grade. It was hard, and my aunt and uncle did not want me to lose my braids. So here I was, a little German girl going to junior high school with braids, and everybody else looked different. (laughs) Did you feel you stood out? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But you came out stronger. Um, Our next question, we kind of asked about this earlier. We were just wondering if you had any contact after you came to the United States with any of your old friends or family members. We know that you you kept correspondence with your aunt. Yes, with Mm -hmm. my aunt, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, my brother, of course, and Mm -hmm. sister-in-law. Not with friends. We just kind of lost that. It, It was really hard in East Germany. They were... Forty years later, after the the war, the war ended in forty five, I believe. I so I went back to Germany after the war, and the people in East Germany were very very oppressed by Russians, and they could not receive materials. Their stores were empty, so there was a lot of damage from the war that had not even been repaired. I went to a relative's family's home, and you could still see bullet holes from the from bombing. So there was no government assistance with no, rebuilding? No, no government, no, mm-hmm. not with the Russians. And there was just very little, and very little food. What happened to your hometown? I think it grew into a more beautiful city. I looked it up in the web to see what it looked like, and it's it's grown when I went back, the only construction work going on that I remembered was the Lutheran Church. They were rebuilding it, and I left that church. Living in, in Bleicherode was different. We, there were no cars, and the holidays were so special, and Sundays was special. The, it was just a family-oriented city, and people would take tables outside, set them up, and they would have coffee and cake or whatever in the afternoon. And neighbors would just come over, and it was just so different. from Like a really nice sense of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had an end question, just mm-hmm. another silly one, because in the thing you had talked about sweet potatoes. So we were wondering if you still <laughs> liked sweet potatoes. I love sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> So what advice would you give to the young girls that are listening to this? Goodness. (laughs) Everything that is in your heart is possible with the help of the Lord. And I think uh, having a firm belief system in church, family, treasure it. I think that's all our questions. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It was fun. You are very lovely young ladies. Thank you. Have a wonderful future ahead of you. you. And I'm so glad that you're in a club like this. This is wonderful. All Girls Considered believes in a world where girls and women matter. You can support our work by donating at www.allgirlsconsidered.org slash donate right now. We cannot do this without you. (laughs) 